$5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code GAME to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. Hey, it's Monique. Welcome to the podcast or welcome back. If you have been here a while, I appreciate you being here. This is the Round Vegan Podcast, episode 125. And with this show, I love to present veganism from a practical perspective to help everyday people go vegan in a way that feels good to them. And of course, we also love to dive into topics such as overall wellness and vegan entrepreneurship, because this is so much more than food. This is truly a lifestyle. So I love to bring all of that here on the show. You can find out more about what I do and how I do it at brownvegan.com. And also, don't forget to come hang out with me on Instagram. I'm at brownvegan over there. So y'all, I have to tell you, last week was crazy for me as far in a good way, right? I was just doing my usual. I love listening to podcasts myself. I usually listen to true crime podcasts. That's like my 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 favorite. I'm usually listening to, you know, different episodes about missing people and murders and all of that type of stuff. And there's so many different podcasts on Apple about that. So as I'm browsing, I saw that the Black History feature was out where they every year they, you know, spotlight some podcasts that feature Black hosts. And I was just like, okay, let me just go ahead and browse through it. I do this every year. So it was nothing new. And I open it up, y'all. I see Michelle Obama. I see Lovey. I see Red Table Talk, you know, the usual people who are on there. I don't think I think Michelle Obama actually launched her podcast last year, but I guess I just usually see the usual people that are on the list, like Food Heaven, all these different podcasts that are out there. And to my surprise, I see my damn face, (laughs) y'all. Yo, I was blown away. Like, I don't even think I, I was like numb for the rest of the day when I saw that. I could not believe that I was featured on the list. I'm so incredibly thankful to be featured. and. Man, yeah. Thank you so much, guys, for all your love, because I really don't even know how I I got on Apple's radar. It's just incredible. And I'm just so thankful. Like, I never thought I would ever be on a list with Michelle Obama. (laughs) So, yeah. Anyway, I just want to thank y'all for that. And so next week, what I'm going to do, I I told myself that for 2021, I want to do a solo episode every single month. And so next week, what I'm going to do is just talk about podcasting, like how to start a podcast, how to grow a podcast, my workflow, and also ways that I use the podcast to make money. I know that those are questions that I get quite often. So I think it would be, this is so timely for me to do an episode to kind of share all of that with you guys. So, so stick around so you can hear that episode on next week. But yes, I'm just so happy, happy, so grateful to be included. You know, like I said, I've been looking at that list for years and never in a million years expected my face to be featured on that. So It's just amazing, amazing treat. So today on the show, I have Anika on here. She is what shit vegans eat. (laughs) 
we talk about her name on it, like why she came up with that name. But this was a really good conversation. As always, I had like the best guests. And with Anika, we talked about why she just started, decided to start her vegan journey, how she is vegan as a marathon runner, like how she uses veganism in her training. We also chat about replacing some of your favorite foods, which is so important when you decide to become vegan. And also how she uses food as her way to connect with her friends and family and as a way of activism. I think that sometimes people think that when it comes to activism that you have to be, you know, protesting. But for her, it's more so of just having open conversations with her friends and family, inviting them over for meals and making it work that way. And just, you know, making sure that they're getting the information that they need to transition. And so that's the type of work that she does. Also, we're going to talk about being vegan in a relationship when you were with someone who's non-vegan and how she's able to navigate that. And of course, like I like to do with a lot of my guests, I want her, I had Anika also share some tips on how to transition to a vegan lifestyle in a practical way. So she's going to share all of that information with you because she does believe in creating, nurturing, and educating people to eat more plant-based. And so that is the biggest premise of our conversation. As always, you can get the show notes and everything we mentioned in this episode at brownvegan.com under episode 125. And also make sure that you follow Anika on Instagram. Her Instagram handle is shit underscore vegans underscore eat over there. So yes, without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right into the conversation. So for me, my journey was, it was very transitional and it started off as kind of more or less of an intentional experiment, if that makes any sense. My goal for becoming a vegan was really, was really rooted in improving my physical fitness. So I'm not sure if you know, but I'm a marathon, I'm a runner, and I have been trying to really figure out ways to really tweak you know, how I can run faster without really sitting down thinking that you really run faster by running faster. But I'm looking at, okay, how can I change my diet? You know, how can I get, you know, more sleep? Just looking at all kind of different ways and avenues to figure out, you know, how to improve my physical fitness. Because like I said, it was always rooted in that. And I ran across, I believe her name is Chantel at the time, her IG page was let's be vegan i think it's oh brown. yeah she's yeah. been on the podcast she was like on episode like seven or eight like way back in the oh, day awesome yeah i didn't get a chance to hear that one but sis just had really good content and she was talking about at this time she was really promoting and talking about her detox and so i was like man what is this you know detox and i would say like i said in the beginning my my my, my whole experience with with my whole journey with veganism was transitional. So I was first a pescatarian. Then I went from a pescatarian to a vegetarian. And then I finally, you know, jumped the ledge and went to veganism. But I like, again, I was really like, nah, I'm not going to be a vegan. Like, that's crazy. I'm not going to give up, you know, cheese and, you know, dairy and things like that. I was thinking that, okay, meat, not eating meat. That was healthy enough. But like I said, I kind of, I, I really, I, stumbled upon her page and started following her. And she was talking about the detox. And I was like, oh, I want to try this. You know, what is it? I was into herbs, but not into it, you know, and diving into it as much as I was at the time. This is back in 26, I mean, 2016. And I gave it a try. I was like, I'm just going to go and see, you know, she talked about, you know, of eliminating all these parasites and what it does to our bodies and all this good stuff. And I'm like, okay, what do I have to lose? Let me try it. So me going into it, I'm thinking, you know, I'm just going to continue to maintain how I eat. And her instructions came in basically in so many words. It was like, 
you need to be a vegan while on this. I mean, in order for you to really reap the benefits of this and see, you know, your optimum, get optimum levels from this, you really need to, you know, rid yourself from all of this, you know, stuff. She had a whole list of, you know, dairy, eggs, all this good stuff. So I'm like, okay, this is, this is really going to be challenging, but I was really, really trying to increase my time and really was trying to qualify for Boston. And so I did it. I did it. It was like three months or so. I did it. And I kid you not, I was amazed by the results. One, I was just proud of myself for just sticking to something and being that stringent on, you know, eating how she suggested. I mean, two, you know, I just, I committed to something. So after that, like I said, I, I really saw some amazing just results from it. And though I didn't qualify, you know, for, for Boston, I did increase my time with my marathon. So that was, I, I had ran the San Francisco rock and roll half marathon and I was trying to break us up too. And that was the hardest thing ever to do prior to. And so after I, I, after I did that, that detox, you know, I ran and I would never forget. I was like, this is all rooted in me really changing my, my diet, because that was just something that kind of, you know, it catapulted in me having better improvement after my runs. You know, I wasn't fatigued. You know, I was more intentional about the foods that I was putting in my body and the foods I wasn't putting in my body. I was just, you know, on this like quest of trying to research and understand how the body works and what it happened, what happens when you eat certain things. And so that really was a kickstart of it. It was a happenstance. I wasn't looking to become a vegan at all. And from that moment, I hadn't, I haven't looked back and didn't, you know, did not eat meat or went back to vegetarian from those three months. So that's kind of really how it started for me. Wow. I had no, first of all, I had no idea that you're a marathon runner. <laughs> this is good to me, so you know I want to talk about that. But I think it's great how you kind of stumbled, like you said, you stumbled on that, decided to do it, and then it just helped you get to where you wanted to be. You didn't even realize that that's what you needed. So that's, that's always a good story. So let's, we got to talk about it. Like the I marathon know. running, how did you get into that? Yeah. So I joined Black Girls Run when I was in the Dallas Fort Worth area back in 2012 or so. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was really just an opportunity for networking and just getting to meet new people. I had just moved to the area, the area where I was living at. One of my friends suggested, she's like, you know, I know you like to do, you know, you work out or whatever, but I never was like a runner like that. I would just leisurely go and run out, run outside. But I didn't know the first thing about having the proper shoes and, you know, the proper gear and all this good stuff. And yeah, I joined the organization. The women was very welcoming and just loving. And I just took a, just a love for it. I mean, I started running with them and like I said, leisurely. And then I started opening up to the bigger networking groups around the country with Black Girls Run um, and different other organizations like NBMA, National Black Marathoners, and just meeting other people and watching their progress and seeing that they're, you know, the, their goals that they're putting forth, like running all 50 states, you know, running all seven continents. And I was like, that's dope. Like, why not do that? And so I just started really venturing out. And like I said, meeting new people and just really got a, 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 a knack for it and started doing it. Became an ambassador for the DFW area for two years where we led almost about 500 women in the DFW area, just helping them 
just understand their purpose when it came to running or walking or, or jogging or just getting physical fitness in the Black community specifically. What does that look like as far as I, I know, of course, you want to make sure that your time is good. But when it comes to food, <laughs> what does that look like? Because I know that that's a concern for a lot of people who are athletic. They're afraid to thin out too much. They're afraid that they're going to be hungry. They're afraid that they're not going to have the energy that they need to, you know, sustain themselves. So what does that look like as far as planning for that? Because it's so different as a vegan, I'm sure, than what a lot of the other people, you know, a lot of the other athletes are being, they're doing in their, as far as their regimen. So it is. Yeah, what does that look like to you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, 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 it is. And, you know, in the beginning, before I was a vegan, I was winging it, right? I was eating what I, what I ate didn't really care about certain things. My, my one rule was I didn't eat certain foods or drink the day before race. And so other than that, it's just, it's fair game. But as I became more critical in wanting to improve my time, you know, and really getting the, the, like, like I said, maximum optimum out of the training that I was putting into, because that's a lot when you're training for marathons, half marathons, you're running, you know, four or five days out of the week, long runs on the weekends. And I really had to be more intentional about how and what and at what timing that I, you know, ate. And so when I transitioned into a vegan, that was very important to me to make sure that I had nutritional rich foods and nutritional rich meals, ensuring that I had, you know, a proper amount of protein. I know that's the first question I get a lot. You know, how do you get your protein? Where do you get your protein for? From making sure I had good, you know, complex carbs, you know what I'm saying? Making sure I had my amino acids and getting those by ways of, you know, alternative. So that really looked like, you know, the only thing that changed was just being more intentional about when and how I ate. I never was really, and I'm still not strict on, you know, not eating certain, well, let me say that as I, I, I should say, preference that. And I, I'm very intentional about not eating certain things, but the amount of foods, right? Because we're eating, you know, we're eating filling nutritional foods that is going to give us some value in our bodies. And so the more that I'm putting in, the more it's health healthier and transferred inside our bodies for me. And so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not going to load up on carbs. Like that was one thing that, you know, we as runners were always saying, we're just going to, you know, carb day, the day before you're eating a lot of carbs. But for me, that what just makes me feel bloated and just tired and just, you know, really heavy. And so, you know, like I said, it's, it's just being more intentional about the types of foods and what I eat, especially when it came to running long runs and training and just making sure I had enough fuel. And the fuel was really the food in my body to be able to sustain Yeah, I think that's even if you're not an athlete, I think that's a concern for a lot of new vegans, because I know when I first went vegan, I remember feeling hungry anyway. (laughs) So it's just a different is. Yeah, it just takes a little time to adjust to it and figure out what works for you for sure. And a lot of times it's because we're not eating enough calories in the beginning. It is. Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. It is. So what were some of the things like when you first started? Because I always want to know this. It it doesn't matter how long someone has been vegan. I always want to know like some of their favorite foods. And also like what were some of the things that kind of concern you when you started the journey as far as things that kind of made you think, I don't know if I can do this. So let's start with the favorite foods. Like what are some of your favorite foods? Because I think you make some amazing food (laughs) on Instagram. And my girl Shauna says she's had your food and she's like, that's how I actually know who you are is because of Shauna. She was like, oh my God, our food is so good. So like, what are some of your favorite dishes? (laughs) Well, thank you for that. I appreciate that. I really try to 
you know, show what I eat by ways of displaying it on Instagram because it's really what I eat. But my all time favorite food is okra. Honestly, I could eat okra every in all day. (laughs) (laughs) Okra is one of those things, either you love it or you don't, right? It's no in between. Some people is texture for them. Some people is taste for them. But I'm I'm a, I'm from New Orleans, right? And so food has always oh, been, now it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, so food has always been a staple, you know, in my life as far as you know cooking. Growing up, you know, we ate a lot of seafood. We ate a lot of New Orleans, you know, cuisines, which you guys are familiar with. So for me, it really was just figuring out how to maintain those same types of flavors and veganize a lot of it. In the beginning, I'll be honest, it was being creative and trying to figure out, okay, what is this and what's that? And this was before all the faux meats was out there and all these substitutes. It was really trying to figure out how can I maintain the same flavor as I could, you know, in a regular dish with a vegan dish. And I really came to the conclusion that, you know, some some things you just can't because we're chasing a flavor of something that is, is a flesh of, you know, dairy. And it's not necessarily one and the same, right? Like our taste buds change as we change our diet, as we change our lifestyle. So things is going to taste a little bit different and things is going to feel a little bit different. But for me, like okra is like that. It's, it's, it's my number one thing. I can eat it baked. I can eat it raw. I can eat it stewed. Stewed okra was my, my thing. Growing I like up. stewed too. Yes. We mm-hmm. ate stewed okra, sausage and shrimp. And now I just don't eat sausage and shrimp with it, but I still, you know, like to cook stewed okra. Okra soup is one of my all time favorites. I make it with some spinach and some other spices and, and, and goodness, but that's like a comfort food. I keep that in my freezer. Yeah. Yeah. Throw it out. Throw it you out. know what's funny? <laughs> yeah. So, like you said, a lot of people you love or hate it. I think the only reason why I like okra is because I grew up eating it, but mm. not because my dad's from New Orleans. He's just a good cook, and he was always experimenting with like a lot of fruits and vegetables. And mm. that's what I tell like people who have par- who are had, like parents and they have like small children. I think that the reason why I was probably open to this lifestyle is because. I ate so many different fruits and vegetables growing up and people didn't, a lot of people don't. So they think when they go vegan, they're going to be stuck eating that apple, that banana, because that's all they ate before. And they don't realize there's so many possibilities out there. So I love that you mentioned that, but I've never, ever heard anybody say okra is their favorite food. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, girl. Okra, okra is, yeah, that's my jam. That's my jam. I love me some okra. So as far yeah, because see, the thing is now when you mentioned that you're from New Orleans, like I just think that the seafood, and that's what I always tell people, people always talk about the dairy but I think it's a seafood for me. It has always been a seafood for me that's been like, how do I get that same texture? How do I get that same flavor and everything? So have you been able to, you know, capture any of that in some of your your cooking? Have you been able to try to get, you know, mimic some of the shrimp? I know we have some alternatives out there now, but is there anything in particular when it comes to seafood that you like? The flavor, <laughs> honestly. I know, as yeah. far as like the vegan options with seafood. Yeah, so I, 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 I've tried the faux shrimp that's made out of konjac. And the texture for me is just not it. I really nope. don't like the it's texture. Not. Yeah, nope. I don't like the texture. It's and not. it has like this aftertaste. So anytime that I'm making something that's going to mimic the flavor of seafood, I really like to use some alternative of sea, sea vegetable seaweed. And so there is a whole wide a variety of, you know, wakami, you know, different sea vegetables that's out there that you can really get that same seafood flavoring 
from to, you know, mimic it in your dish. But as far as like the seafood foes, no, I'm, it's just not my thing. I really don't like There are a few in there, out there that I like, but overall, yeah, it's not, uh, I feel like the crab cake, I've been able to do that with like hearts of palm mm-hmm. and also with oyster mushrooms. Yep. Like I've been able to do that. But when it comes to shrimp, it's so, that texture is so distinct to it me is. that- I mean, I've had some good ones, but I've never actually made a good one at home. So that's something I probably should challenge myself to do for 2021. <laughs> well, if you do that, that you, let, you let me know, sis. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. I got you. I don't know about you, but I feel like for the last month or so, I haven't had much of a routine. My schedule is non-existent. It's kind of all over the place. The days and the nights kind of run together. I never know what day of the week it is. And so I've really been working on getting back on track so that I can be more productive, which I know is important during this time because it's so easy to kind of get down and feel depressed. So I've really been working on a routine. And so some of the things that I've been doing is making sure that I get out for fresh air. I go to the river to clear my mind. I've been writing in my journal and reading more than I usually do. So those things are making me feel a little bit more productive. Also at night, I've been drinking the Organifi Gold, which is a superfood tea instead of drinking wine. So I decided to do this because I don't want to feel sluggish anymore. And it's really easy for me to get a great night's sleep by having the Organifi Gold. It's really easy to prepare the Organifi Gold. It takes like 30 seconds. All I have to do is add a scoop of the powder to warm water at night and then I enjoy it. There's no shopping, no juicing, there's no blending. I also like to add my powder to oat milk because it just feels a little more creamy, a little more rich, and it just feels like I'm getting a nice sweet treat before I go to bed. But it also has amazing superfood ingredients like turmeric and ginger, things that we need right now to boost our immune system. Of course, I have to let you know that Organifi Gold is USDA organic, it's dairy-free, it's gluten-free, it's soy-free, and 100% vegan. You can have Organifi Gold shipped right to your door and you never have to worry about running to the store. Reoccurring delivery is included in your subscription, so you don't even have to worry about including that in your schedule. You can order Organifi Gold at Organifi.com slash brownvegan. That's Organifi, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com slash brownvegan to save 15% on any product. So, okay, I think, I don't know. I feel like you kind of answered this question already as far as the barriers. I mean, you know, not getting some of those same textures and flavors that you wanted to capture before, but is it, well, that we're all used to as far as what we ate before we were vegan. So do you have anything else that kind of made you be like, wait, I don't know if I can do this long-term? No, no, actually, no. I think, I think, I think the main, the biggest thing was really shifting the mindset of trying to chase the same flavor and texture of foods that we ate. And like I said before, you know, as, as, as our palates change, we're, our taste buds are changing. And so I just don't believe in still trying to chase those flavors. And don't get me wrong, certain things, you know, if I'm cooking something like a jambalaya, you know, there are certain spices that I can use and certain herbs that I can use to give me that same flavor, but it's never going to taste the exact same way as it would that if I had any kind of meat in there. So when I really start sh- shifting and, and changing that thought process and not trying to chase the flavor of what I had prior to being vegan, then I just was like, you know, I can make anything. I can make it however I wanted, you know, and however, however, you know, 
I like it, but you know, I mean, it's, there's still some resemblance of, okay, my gumbo, I call it gumbo wish. It has, you know, it has filet in it, right? It has a saffron, it has the spices, it has the herbs, but I'm not going to get the exact same flavor as I have the shrimp or the oysters or the sausage or the gizzards for some of us that used to eat gizzards, but the remnants of the flavor is still there. Oh yeah. I don't think there's, uh, for me, not, not really any barriers. Cause I look at food as being creative and just really making it your own. So I think the real, the real barrier for me was in the beginning, I struggled more on trying to be creative for creating vegan foods. And then when all of the faux meats and all of, you know, these substitutes came out, I was very skeptical about even trying them because I'm like, what is this? And why is this? Because I wasn't familiar with it. Now, had that came out in the beginning, I probably would have been more prone to trying it. But no, I just stick to what I know. What you know. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. I think when you you got me thinking about something, you know how like a lot of times I feel like people don't even give them themselves a chance to get to that point. So you say, you know how you were saying that you don't go into it expecting it to be exactly the same. Yeah. That is such a huge mindset shift. It's kind of like when people how people feel about vegan cheese they are like okay, I can't do this because this vegan cheese isn't good. But if it, in my opinion, if it tasted like exactly like what we all know and love, you know, growing up eating, then everybody would already be doing it. So it kind of, you have to kind of look at it like, what is your why? Like, why are you doing this? Yep. And how is it going to be a shift for you? And how is it going to benefit you opposed to looking at it like you're losing out? Because you're not really losing out. It's just going to be a shift, like you said, in how you eat and how you do things. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. It does take time for that. So let's talk about like, because you just love food so much. Let's talk about how you fellowship with people offline with your food events and like how you put these together. And like, I mean, I don't know. Do you do You don't do it on a larger scale. It's more so for just people that you kind of just know in real life. I say in real life, but you know what I mean? <laughs> <Offline> <laughs> social media. <laughs> like, how do you... So is that what you do is kind of like a potluck thing? Like, how does that look for you when you put those together? Yeah, I wish it was a potluck. That means that anybody, everyone. Oh, you're doing everything? Yeah, what? girl. That, that oh, means that everyone would be bringing something. So I, I'm, I'm a big, I don't know. I, I just, I like, I like to cook for people. I like to watch people eat my food. I like to ask questions, you know, when they're eating it. How does it taste? Did you get the hint of this? Like, I'm, I'm really big on really crafting and trying to bring out certain flavors and foods. And so I host kind of dinner party type things gathering. It's always on a smaller scale with people either I know personally or family and friends. And I tend to extend it out to people, other people. Like when I met Shauna, I think I had only talked to her a couple of times and I was like, hey, I'm having this at my house. You should come over. And she was like, okay. And so, you know, when I came, when she came, it was like a whole spread of, you know, different bites or, you know, whatever. I try to theme it out and have, you know, like around Mardi Gras or something, I'll do a New Orleans style theme, like for Kwanzaa here that just, that just started. I did more of a small bite Kwanzaa theme type things, but I really just like hosting events in small gatherings, one, just to get people to fellowship around food, two, to really bring in a lot of people that are not vegan to see what types of food that they can try and have those intimate conversations on how I prepare things, you know, and walk away with the recipe or walk away with food and be like, look, I'm gonna go after I leave here, I'm gonna try this out. And really another opportunity is for me to really, you know, hone in on my craft. And like I said, 
ask those questions on, did you get this from this? You know, maybe I can make some adjustments. So it's kind of like my little experiment I like to do at the expense of myself. But I, I really enjoy it. I really enjoy just, I guess it'll be like a lavish dinner party. <laughs> yes, I love it. It's like getting a sense of community. It's like building a sense of community. And if I ever did anything, it would be that way. Like, I think that that's the way to get people to, you know, really decide, like make a decision for themselves and kind of lean into this lifestyle because it does take some time. And then, like you said, you get to experiment with your stuff and see how the food's coming out and how to how to make adjustments if you need to. So I love that. I think that's so important. Yeah. Most people walk away with more questions and I'm open and willing to answer the questions like, wait, what what was that? You made that and how did you? And I'm like, girl, look, sit down. Let me show you. Let me tell you. (laughs) (laughs) you Right. And it's really to open up their mind to, to just experience and explore something different. And approach certain foods differently, right? Like I had radishes. They were like, wait, why do you have radishes? What do you do? I thought this was just for decoration. I was like, no, try it. Just eat it. Mm-hmm. Eat it with this dip and try this. You know, just to it, just get people out of the confines of what vegan food looks like to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So I want to talk about relationships because... I like doing that. <laughs> you got to tell us like, okay, because I know that you have a boyfriend or you're not yeah, engaged, right? I'm not, no, not engaged. Okay. I just want to make sure. I didn't want to say it, fiance, but I know you have a boyfriend. So like, how has that looked for your relationship? Because I know that he's not vegan. Have you been together for a long time? Yeah. So not, not extremely long. It's only been a little bit over a year. And no, you're right. He's, he's not vegan. And, you know, in, in, at first I was very, Going into, you know, like my relationship, I want to have someone that's vegan and they can't do this and do that. And I, I'll be honest, it was almost unrealistic. Oh, yes, it is. It, you were very honest because ain't nobody got time for you are really, I, mean, I really feel like you close off so much by just doing it that, that way. Do. Like, you're dealing with like 1% of the population. And like, how you going to find him? First <laughs> can't of do all. That. And you can be a vegan and an asshole too. So who, who cares? Exactly. Exactly. And first of all, I was in Kansas City. You know, shout out to Kansas City. I enjoyed Kansas City the time I was there. But child... It's, it's a beautiful different. city, but you said when it comes to dating, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. it's different. <laughs> it's different. It's just different. And maybe I just wasn't in the right spaces, in the right places. But no, I didn't. I, I hadn't had no success there. But uh, I was saying all that to say that here I am throwing veganism out there and trying to find a man and trying to find a vegan man in Kansas City. It was like, really, Annika? I don't know if that's really going to happen. <laughs> And so the guy, yeah, so so my boyfriend, he's not vegan. And I was very intentional about, you know, when we, as far as having a conversation about how I felt and he was open to it. And I told him from the beginning, I was like, you're not vegan. I understand that. I accept that. I said, but you probably will become vegan one day. And he thought it was crazy. I said, and I said, and I said, and it wasn't, and it wasn't for me. It wasn't, I have never, and you can ask him, I have never forced him to do anything. My, my theory has always been if I have information that I'm willing to share, and this is vice versa for him, you know, in, in, in ways that he might bring, bring things to the relationship. If I have information that I'm willing to share that's going to level us up in some kind of way, why wouldn't you take on that? Right. And so right. For, for us, you know, it has been very transitional because he is probably 85% vegan now. And right. we went from, you know, him not 
you know, even considering it. And it, like I said, it was never me forcing it. It was through exposures. It was through when I'm reading something or learning something or creating something, you're my test dummy. You're going to taste it and you're going <laughs> to gonna try it. And then you're going to be like, oh my God, in a couple wait, wait, this is this and this is this. And it became, you know, it, it becomes, you know, it, it becomes a dynamic thing for us where over time he's like, oh no, you know, we go out to eat before COVID. No, I'm not going to get this, this meat or I'm going to try this or whatever it may be. But yeah, I, he's about 85% vegan now. And that's amazing. And this is, that's how it is though. I mean, first of all, if your food is good, it's kind of like, oh, there's a no brainer. <laughs> the food is good, you know? So right. it's like, I'm going to try it. So that's amazing. Cause 80 is better than zero. Okay. <laughs> I will say, and, and my thing is, I just would like somebody and I'm, and it sounds like that's what he is as well. Is just open-minded about it. Yes. You know, like this is what I want. So I understood exactly what you said when you said he was going to become one because it's like, it's natural. Yeah. You know, you spend so much time together, you're passing on information and the food's good. I mean, right. Right. <laughs> of course he's interested yeah right oh yeah I'm, yep. I'm thankful that he 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 was open he has been open enough to explore it so yep perfect yep what tips do you have for a new vegan because i know there's so many people who are interested in starting and they have no idea what that looks like for them or I mean, it's going to look different for all of us, of course, but what tips do you have for someone who is just brand new and they're thinking about starting this lifestyle and they don't even know where to start? Yeah, yeah. I would say really give yourself permission to mess up. And being a vegan for me, and this was my journey, but I think this is, I think this could be helpful for a lot of new vegans is be transitional, right? Don't go cold turkey because I see so many people like, Today I'm eating meat. Tomorrow I'm not eating meat. And then uh, two weeks from now, you know, they're like, I just couldn't do it. It was just too much. It's like be transitional. When you're removing something from your diet, replace it with something more that is more healthier. You know, if you're going to take out, you know, some meat, add in more vegetables or more fruit or something and always keep that balance and be okay with, you know, falling off every now and then. Like I, I see so many people being hard on, them, hard on themselves because we all want to be healthier from a physical standpoint. But we got to understand that, you know, as a non-vegan, we've ingested quite a bit of foods that are addicting and addicting agents and chemicals that's in our bodies. And when we're going cold turkey in a lot of situations, especially when it comes to sugar, we're getting the same type of withdrawal effects that we will get when we're on some kind of a synthetic drug. So mm-hmm. be, be, just give yourself that permission to be transitional in your journey and take out something, add a little bit more into it. Read and research and ask the right questions. And sometimes we don't even know what those right questions is. So I shouldn't say ask the right questions. I should say ask questions. I am very transparent and open on my page, especially in my DMs, probably too transparent and probably too open in my DMs. Somebody asked a question. I'm just giving you a dissertation. But that's that's the purpose of, you know, this information that's out there through Google, Instagram, whatever. Be, you know, j- just do your research and try to find, you know, different recipes and different things that can help you understand your journey and be creative. I'm 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 all about cooking and my my goal for cooking and to share my platform is to get us back into the kitchens. Like people ask for recipes and I'll be honest, at this point I'm not a recipe creator, 
but I want to show you the ingredients, show you foods and show you that you can create these same things. And it may not look just like mine, but when you are intentional about cooking, you are more prone to eat healthier opposed to going to a restaurant and letting them prepare food for you. You don't ask those questions when you, you don't ask a chef, oh, wait, how did you fry those fries? Was that in the chicken grease or was that in just regular grease, right? But when you're preparing that for yourself and you're really feeling food and you're cooking food and you're creating food in your own kitchen, you're way more intentional about what kind of food you put in your body. Yes, very much so. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. So before we wrap up, let us know how we can follow you on Instagram and yeah, just let us know how we can do that. Yes, yes, yes. So check my page out. It's shit underscore vegans underscores underscore eat on Instagram. Wait, Anika, I meant to ask you this in a, <laughs> a while ago. Like, how did you, why did you come up with that name? How? Like, <laughs> 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 vegans eat. <laughs> yes. So shit vegans eat. I don't know if you remember Cheskala. She she started off on YouTube. She had long Yes. Lives. So she used to do the hair videos. And so she did this little segment on shit white girls say to black girls. And this was about eight years ago that it was a trend. So then it started off with like shit people from New Orleans say shit people from Baltimore say or just shit something. And people right. started just doing different things that was, I guess, you know, a part of their culture. And so between that and People always used to ask me, what do you eat? I was like, you know what? I'm going to create my Instagram. Shit, vegans eat. This is the shit that we eat. <laughs> so I know it's kind of corny. <laughs> I love it. Thank you, so Thank you so much, Anika, for being on the show. It's been yeah. a pleasure. And I look forward to connecting you with you on Instagram and hopefully one of these days in real life. I know. That would be nice. I know. And thank you so much, Monique, for all that you have done and continue to do. I am a huge, huge fan of your podcast and your page. I've been a follower for a long time. So I am honored to have had this conversation with you. So keep shining. Thank you. I appreciate that. Oh, my goodness. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. All of the show notes will be at brownvegan.com. So check those out. Also, let me know what you thought of this episode. Come hang out with me on Instagram. My handle over there is at brownvegan. Have a great day and I will talk to you next week. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yep, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now, but I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. 
But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.